to praise him in this house today. We are in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And I'm not going to be quiet. I don't know about you. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison.
shout your name today, Father. Let you be glorified in this place. Amen. Hallelujah.
honor you today. If you're here today and you need forgiveness of your sins, you can experience the goodness of God. Amen. If you're here and you need wisdom for a decision, you can experience the goodness of God. Amen. And if you're here and you just want to say, God, my life belongs to you, you can experience his goodness. It is incredible that we get to experience his goodness today. Lord, we honor you. We honor you. You are worthy of our praise. And God, as we experience who you are, and you are good in every way, Lord, as we experience you today, I pray that you would do the things you long to do in our hearts and lives. Lord, uh, any need across this room that people are carrying in this this room today, need from their life within their family, would you show them your power, your goodness today in a powerful way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, it is so good to see each of you here today and uh, I hope you uh, have high expectation of today. But we want to take a moment and greet each other. Uh, You might turn to the person next to you and say, I think you've grown taller since I saw you last week. I don't know. But let's take a few minutes and just greet each other. God bless you guys. All right. All right. Hey, if you can find your seat this morning and uh, our ushers are going to prepare. Well, one of the ways that that we uh, respond to the goodness of God is in giving. And uh, so as we prepare to give today, we're literally just saying, God, you are good. Even if everything is not exactly the way you want it, he's still good. Even if things are challenging, he's still good. And so we give today with that heart. Lord, it is a privilege. It is an honor to serve you, to be your child, to be in your kingdom and a part of your kingdom. And I pray that as we give today, it would reflect hearts that are grateful to you, hearts that reflect your goodness. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be generous today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, if you came in here today, you had the opportunity to grab a bullet, and just in case you did not, I'm going to read a couple of these out to make sure that you are aware of what's happening. So, hey, we've got Wednesday night, How Not to Read the Bible, and uh, this is actually the last week coming up, How Not to, lead, uh, to Read the Bible, and so that'll be happening. And then the following, uh, the following week will be a, a series about truth from Francis Chan. So that's going to be a really great night, Wednesday night. Come check that out if you haven't. For those of you that have, I know you've enjoyed it. Then we have a couple, we have three food events. I don't know what that says about us, but we have three food events in, in the bulletin. And so ladies night out, you're going to Rudy's Pizza Italian Bistro. Make sure you're aware of that date and the directions for that. Also, Girls Ministry is the annual harvest dinner is happening, and you're going to need to sign up so they're going to know to buy you food. If you just show up, that's going to be a problem. And so it's going to be on November 9th from 530 to 645. So make sure in the lobby you, you check that out, fill out the form, pay, prepay uh, by the 26th, and you'll have that taken care of. Also, uh, Praise Youth, we are selling subs on the 6th. So you have until uh, Wednesday the 2nd to get your order in. Ham and cheese, turkey, turkey and cheese, Italian, really good Italian. And then our version of the Bobby, which is, you know, the turkey and the stuffing and the cranberry sauce. And all. Yeah, I know. I'm, it's not, I, I'm poor Robert Solomon. He's going to have to deal with your hunger pains the whole time. But uh, we are uh, selling those. Uh, our, our version of the Bobby is the speed. We're selling those for $12 each. Make sure you get your orders in. There's an order uh, form out there. And then, again, uh, we have uh, on Wednesday nights, we've got uh, our divorce care happening. Um, this Friday night is our young adults um, uh, Friday night hangout. And on an a ending note, because this is always wonderful to end on something great, uh, if you see Jim and Faye Rowan today, wish them a happy anniversary. Their anniversary of 73 years was on the 15th. So God bless you guys. Yeah, we did see them yesterday at the um, old people's luncheon. Um, joy group luncheon, I'm sorry. Hey, I was there. Yeah, I was there. Oh, boy. Hey, we are really blessed this morning. I'm not going to take a lot of time for introduction, but it's been a long time since our guest has been with us. I realized just this week, it's been seven years since he's been with us. I know that I was thinking about having him come back about four, three years ago, and then the pandemic hit, and so that all got squashed, no travel, no all the difficulties of that, but I'm so excited to have him here with us today, and, and you know him. Many of you have seen him before, but we've been friends for a long time, longer than I thought. I mean, I can't remember the first time he was here at Praise, uh, but he is here today, fresh from Calcutta. That's the best I can do. <laughs> Actually, fresh from another hot place, Houston, Texas. So, Robert, would you come? And we're so glad you're here. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> It is so good to be here. Boy, I, I love this church. You know why? You talk about food. <laughs> when you talk to an Indian about food, 
He'll go anywhere. Because the way I look at it, God's been cooking for 2,000 years. So we're learning how to practice how to eat. So if you're a little eater, you won't like heaven. He loves for us to come and graze. So you, will be pra- you are practicing and you are having fun eating. I love it. Listen, 17 years of my life, I didn't get to eat good food. So I'm not going to come to America and go on a diet. You can. Knock yourself out. Thank you, Pastor, for letting me be here. I, how many of you missed church when all that madness took place? I love to be in church. Let me, uh, some people tell me that, you know, oh, they're just enjoying this, you know, staying home and seeing it online. I'm happy for you. If that, ter- if that you know, turns your wheel, I'm happy for you. But I love, I love church. The way I look at church is this way, okay? How many of, most of us have cars, Right? We all have cars. How many of you have ever had problems with your battery? What do you do when you have a problem with your battery? Well, you get, you get those cables out and you get a jump. To me, that's what a church is. A battery runs down. We come to church, man. And we plug in and we get recharged. That's what I, my picture of a church. You cannot be sitting by yourself and get recharged. No, we come and we listen to people and they say, I went through this and and I'm so excited, man, and God did this. And that really charges you up. That's why I love hanging out in church. I love hanging out in church. I know uh, we're really into titles. I was telling pastor, we're, we're really into titles, and people always ask me, so what is your title? My title is, I'm a moochinary. I come, and I'll mooch off of you. Okay? Yes, somebody got it. Thank you, buddy. Let me, let me sing before I get myself in trouble. Go ahead, sir. Give me my first song. Give me a little more music, please, in the monitor. Yes. They said it would not last said God's word would pass into a mere history. They thought the church he built would end, replaced by modern times and trends. But generations keep reminding them. His truth keeps on marching. In a million little town Through a hungry little village In a foreign distant land 
when in the pew when someone stands and testifies again his truth keeps marching his truth keeps marching Some give their all, but build on a sinking sand. While through these, God's church has grown, laid solid rock, laid stone by stone, on a kingdom that is built on Christ the Lord. stop it. They tried. They can't stop his church. Can I ask you a big favor? This song, the words were written by our Lord. When the disciples asked him, they said, Master, we watch you do something. Would you teach us to do what you're doing? 
Would you help us learn how to pray? So can I ask you, church, to honor God? Would you stand as I sing the song, The Lord's Prayer, please? Music on the monitor, sir. temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory for
may be seated if you can. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And ever, there is no end. When he was a little baby, they tried to kill him. They could not. When he was 12 years old, he outdid them in a Bible quiz. Uh, oh, they could not find a grave deep enough to keep him in there. The third day, he came roaring out, uh, and he lives. Uh, he's not going to be impeached, uh, and they cannot vote him out. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords. Uh, he will rule and reign forever and ever. There is nobody like him, and there is nobody that is going to come after him to outdo him. He is our Lord, and he is our Savior. And I will not apologize to anybody if their feelings are hurt, because he is my God. He is my, my ruler. He is who he said he is, I am that I am. I know you're looking at me going like, where are you really from? I'm from Houston, as pastor said. And they said, what are the advantages in living in Houston, Texas? I'm so glad you asked, because living in Houston, Texas, people think I'm Mexican. <laughs> so when I go to a Mexican restaurant, my name is Julio. I tell them, Senor, I'm running a little late. Could you find me a table really quick? They look at me and they say, you are one of us. We find you a table. And so my wife always tells me, one of these days you're going to get caught. I tell her, as long as the color works, I'm going to use it. <laughs> yes. 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 I'm originally from India. You're going like, all the white people are going like, no, you're not. I hope, see, I, I, got, I brought my gang with me today. They're sitting on the left. If you mess with me, I'll let them loose. And they'll feed you hot curry, and you'll be sick forever. So don't mess with me today. I'm originally from India. And people say, you can't be. We understand every word you say. Well, if I would be speaking to you like an Indian, you would not understand a word I'd be saying. So I learned, I hope you're not offended. It's just a joke. I grew up in Calcutta. Calcutta is the size, the city is the size of Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. It's nine miles long, six miles wide, with a greater population of Calcutta over 18 million people. Yes, wow. When I'm talking about... When I'm talking about Calcutta, the place that I grew up, it's four miles long, uh, and, and it's just the size of Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, nine miles long, six miles wide, and it, it has those 18 million people. And when, when, when I'm talking about Calcutta, I'm not talking about, you know, we, I, I, I grew up in, 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 in the, in the, on the streets of Calcutta. I slept on the streets. Because you see, my father, my father was every religion you could think of. He was a Hindu, he was a Muslim, he was a Buddhist. He could not find answers in any of these gods. My father became a Satanist. My father would go and sleep in the graveyards where the Hindus would burn their dead, and he would do his witchcraft in trying to satisfy his mind and his soul, but nothing happened. My father was an alcoholic. 
Whatever he would get his hands on, he would drink it away. He would come up at nights, drunk, stinking, smelling. Mom would put her hands into his pockets and there would be no money. She would get all, a hold of all five of us, five, three sisters and two brothers. And she would tell us, we're going to get to sleep tonight. We'll get to eat tomorrow. As I would take my little mat and lay it out on the streets of Calcutta, wondering what would be my destiny? What would be my future? I was eight years old. And the very first time I ever saw my dad coming home sober, but something happened to my father that day. It was a Saturday. My dad drunk, stinking, smelling. Wandering down the streets of Calcutta, it was a church something like this. It wasn't this pretty, but the windows were wide open and the fan blew the hot air from the one end to the room to the other. And so he stood drunk. He stood there and he heard this music coming out of this building. Do you mind if I come down here? I love pastors. Is that okay? Okay. And, and, and so I love being with you guys. That's just too official for me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that dignified. Okay. And so my father, hearing the music coming out of this building, he saw what he did. He, he, he stumbled in and found out it was free. He thought, there's something wrong with these people. Good music and it's free? He said, I got to check this out. So you guess what he did? He came inside. And I'm so glad that the deacons and the elders and the ushers did not kick him out. So he took a seat all the way at the back. And he began to listen to this music. And he really enjoyed this music. And then after a little while, he saw this great big white man get up there and began to talk about a God. He thought, who is this? this God. I cannot afford this God because you see this God is so rich. Everything I have, I've given to these other gods and they didn't even have a little courtesy of giving a little back. And so what he did was uh, my father listening to this, this, this big white man talking about a God and he, and, he, and, he, and he looked around and he saw all these people really nicely dressed and they were clean and the building was really nice and clean. He said this is a rich God. So he decided it is a good time Hans for me to get up and I'm going to walk out of here because I can't afford this God. Guess what happened? When he tried to get up from his seat he could not move. Everything he tried he got stuck and fear gripped his heart. And let me tell you then he found out he was sober. Now he was really scared. Because have you seen drunk people? They're really brave when they're drunk, right? Till they sober up and they go, I didn't do that. Yes, you did. And so now fear gripped his heart. And he was now just questioning. He said, who are you, Jesus? Who are you? See, the world is asking that question. Who are you, Jesus? And we have the answer sitting in this house. So while he was questioning this Jesus, just then he saw our 
a light on the right side of his body, and he began to watch a movie. It was, it was being portrayed of his life, and he did not like the looks of his past. And sitting in God's house, he began to work on his witchcraft, wanting to wipe this thing away before his eyesight. And when he tried, it did not happen. Nothing happened, and, and, and he got really afraid. Just then, he heard a voice from heaven, and this is what it said, like I am talking to you. And it said, if you do not give your life to me today, you are doomed forever. Something shot my dad clean out of his seat. He made his way to the altar, something like this, and he knelt down. And he asked this Jesus to come into his heart and change his life forever. Oh, from that day, ladies and gentlemen, our destiny, our future was changed forever because the head of the household had made it right with God. First time I ever saw my dad eight years old. I was the second oldest. My sister was the oldest. I saw my dad come home for the very first time. He was sober and he had food. Pa Tell me your name again, Pastor. Pastor Finney. First time I saw my dad, he had food in his hands. And we thought, what is happening with dad? As an eight-year-old kid, I thought, my dad is being nice to us because he's going to die pretty soon. Because death was all around us. We saw dead bodies every day. And so my dad began to talk about a God. And I thought, oh, no, not another God. But I fell in love with this God, Pastor Hans. This God. And my dad come home with food. I was like, this is a good God. He must be a really, he's okay. He's okay. You know, we, 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 can, we, can, we can tolerate this God. And my dad said, tomorrow is Sunday. And we're going to go to church. And I thought to myself, what is church? Because I'd never been to one. Whatever little clothes we had. We put it on, and we walked to church. Oh, I still remember that day. If I close my eyes, we were sitting in the second last row of the church. My mom, my dad, my three sisters, my little brother, and myself. I was so fascinated. I looked around. I took in everything. Never never been in a building that was so clean. And I was like, and then the music started. I was like, yeah, I like this. And, and, and then I saw this big white man get up there and begin to preach. I did not hear a thing what he said because I was taking, taking in everything that I I thought this was the first and the last time we were ever going to go there because they would kick us out. And so we sat there. And when the service was over uh, to the end of the close of the service, uh, and this was Mark Buntain, the late Dr. Mark Buntain, he gave the altar call. Oh, my dad stood up. He made my mama stand up. My three sisters, my little brother and me stand up. And he said, come on. And we went down to the front of the altar. Oh, I still remember that, Pastor. I still remember that day. 
as an eight-year-old little boy. Mark Bentain, my hero, he said, I want you to fold your hand and close your eyes. I said, uh-uh, that ain't happening. Because I wanted to see my father's God. Because every religion that he worshipped, their God's images were everywhere. Where, who is this Jesus? And, 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 and our church was in 18 Roy Street. Uh, there was two doors on the, uh, at the side. And behind the, behind the uh, platform, there was a pra- it was called the prayer room where my nursing mothers used to sit. And I thought, uh, okay, he's going to come walking in through one of those doors. And so when he said, fold your hands and close your eyes, and this is what I did. Because I did not want to miss out on my father's God. Ladies and gentlemen, I did not see my father's God. Oh, when we said that prayer, I felt somebody creep into my heart. And he got deep down in there. And he just has been living there ever since as an eight-year-old little boy. He has not left me. He's kept that promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's been living there. I can't do without him. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, do you know how that is possible? I'm so glad you asked. You're a questioning church. How many of you have been giving to missions? Can I see your hand? Now, let me ask you another honest question, okay? How many of you wondered what happened to your money? Wow, I love you guys. You want to give and not have an accountability? Pastor, tomorrow we're going shopping. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happened to your money. I am the product of missions. I am your investment, America. What you have been giving, this is what happens to your money. I don't understand why God has me here, but indirectly I do. Because you see, right now, we need Jesus in our nation. He's bringing the products from the mission field back to America to tell America one more time, Jesus, without him, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. Oh, as a little eight-year-old boy, uh, we met Halda Bunting. Has Halda Bunting ever been here? No, never. She, she's, she's in heaven right now, and, and she's trying to rearrange heaven. I just feel sorry for, for, for Mark Bantini. He was enjoying heaven till she died and went up there. Now she's telling him what to do, and she was, she was mom to me. She got a hold of my parents and said, we want to see the children. So on Monday, we went to the church. I met this lady. She didn't look like us. She was white and blonde, and she had this real weird voice. High pitch. Ah! Scared me. I was like, who is this woman? And she said, we were going to go to school. I got scared. When you became Christian, they were going to take you away. Eight years old, first time ever entering a school. I still remember at 12 o'clock, there's a bell that rang. 
I asked the person sitting beside me, I said, what does that bell mean? He goes, oh, you don't know? I said, no, it's lunchtime. They're going to give us lunch. I fell in love at school because I knew for sure we were going to eat one meal a day. Yes, I said, we need to have school seven days a week. I never dreamed. I never dreamed of ever going to a school. I still remember my very first new clothes was my uniform for school. My very first shoes was from Bada. It was called the Naughty Boy Shoes. It was round-toed, the ugliest looking things you ever met. I used to kick rocks so they would break, so I could get a nicer pair of shoes to wear to church. I still remember when I was a little boy going to school, and this is what I used to do. I didn't want to dirty my shoes so, because, you know, I liked the new smell it had. So I would carry my shoes in my hand with the socks and walk barefoot. Don't ask me to walk barefoot now. I never dreamed. I never dreamed ever going to college. I never dreamed that I would live in the United States of America. Doesn't God have a sense of humor? Because, because you see, the world looked at me and said, him we have no value for. Because I did not know how to sit at a table and eat. Because I, I, I sat on the floor and ate. I had never slept on a real bed till I was 15 years old. I was so scared of sleeping on the bed, I thought I would fall off, and half the night I stayed awake. I never dreamed. I never dreamed. One day was, I was praying, and I asked God, I said, God, I never dreamed all these things. He said, you're right. You dream so little I can't fit in, so I'm going to dream for you. And he's been dreaming ever since. I have traveled all over the world. The street boy. I've sat on platforms thinking, have you lost your mind before government officials? Pasifini, how is how, that even possible? How do you explain how Jesus comes into your heart? How do you explain that to somebody? How do, you, how do you even tell somebody, hey, God will change your ways till you experience it. That's when you, and then they ask you how. I'm going, try them out. What is there to lose? Try them out. One of the stories that I love in the scriptures, it's found in Matthew chapter 14, 13 to 21. Let me give you a Reader's Digest version, okay? It, it, we, we, people, we people from India, we love stories. Don't we, Pastor Finney? We love, ask those people, we love, we tell stories. We just love it. We just love it. We'll just make up stuff. 
You know, we just make up stuff and tell stories. And we sit around, you know, with, with, with our thalis and, you know, with all we're eating, with our hands. And we just, mom and dad and, and, and grandpa and grandma and all the stuff, they just tell stories. And I just love stories. And this story is just so fascinating to me. In Matthew chapter 14, 13 to 21, it says the feeding of the 5,000. Even that is just impossible. Think about it. How do you feed? Here is Jesus, you know, in a Reader's Digest version. You know, Jesus is really saddened. His heart is broken because his cousin John the Baptist, he's beheaded. And he just wants to be by himself. So he takes off on this boat and he goes to this other side. And he's just sitting, you know, sitting there. And he sees this crowd coming because they find out he's on the other side. And so they go out there and they, and they come walking and he sees this crowd and they moved with compassion. He starts doing the thing that he loves doing the best. He starts healing and touching and delivering and all of the stuff. And so after a little while, the, the, the disciples look at Jesus and they say, listen, come here. You know, because you, Jesus, you know, he doesn't eat, doesn't sleep. You know, this guy is just weird. You know, and, and from a human point of view, he's just nuts. And he goes, What? He goes, just listen, you do not know human nature. They're talking to Jesus about human nature. And, 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 Jesus, and, and Jesus says, what do you, what's the problem? He goes, listen, these people will turn on you. You can heal them, deliver them, and all this stuff. But if they get hungry, they'll turn on you. They'll call Fox News, CNN, ABC, NBC, all of the stuff and say, you really, yeah, because that's why we got to end, man, because you got to go to the, to the cafeteria because lunch is it's on, in the oven, you know, and if you burn their lunch, man, they'll turn on you. You never mess with people. So he goes, what? And in verse 16, something that just happens that just absolutely fascinates me, man. I, 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 I go, you know, Jesus, he asked the most pertinent questions. Have you noticed that? Yes, just pertinent questions. This just makes no sense. But he'll just, he's an agitator. I love it. Jesus will agitate you. He'll, he'll just, just, you know, just needle you a little bit. I love that about Jesus. I just, I just love about, the way he thinks. I just love the way he thinks. I get excited. And Jesus looks, and, and looks at them and says, listen, don't make them go away. You find them something to eat. <laughs> In that, you're gone. Peter looks at Jesus. He goes, do you remember? He told me to cast on the other side. We had the greatest catch. I told you, let's sell it, put it in the IRA. We'll double our money. Today, we could have bought all of this. We could have fed 20,000 people. 50,000 people. No, you said, give it all away. Come follow me. And you want me to do what? Yeah. Doubting Thomas with his hands on his hips going like, I got to see this. And so here is Jesus puts out a challenge. Andrew comes walking with this little lad. And he goes, Jesus, we got five loaves, two fish. Ah. He goes, that's good enough. And they're like, we're going to get stoned. 
we're going to get killed. We're going to heaven. Because we got five loaves and two fish, and this man, nuts, is telling us he's got enough. But here's what Jesus does. I just absolutely, he, he doesn't, doesn't cry out to God, our fathereth, how art doingeth, up thereeth. And he just says, takes it, and he blesses it. He didn't ask to be multiplied. Whatever you bless, God will multiply. God will multiply. You know the story. How fascinating to think. Here is Jesus. Tells his disciple, pick it up. Twelve baskets full. You know what that told me, Pastor Hounds? We're just delivery people. We just deliver his bread. We just deliver. I was in Romania one time. We had built this, we had built this really nice church. And we went for the dedication. After the service was over, I took my Bible, placed it on a rock because they had put little flowers and all this stuff. And we're taking pictures. We're like, oh, we're really good. Amazing. And while we were doing this, when Ceausescu was ruling, he had all these orphan kids when they assassinated him. They threw them all out of the orphanage. Here was this little, dirty little girl. Matted hair, dirty, filthy, dirt all over in her nails. I left my Bible on the rock. She had opened the Bible, and she was flipping through the pages. And every page she flipped, she would rub her hands. And I kept watching her. I walked up to her with the interpreter and I said, what are you doing? My friend who had died, he's gone to heaven, Dwayne Jones. He preached about heaven. And in heaven, nobody was ever going to be cold. Nobody was ever going to be hungry. Nobody was ever going to be thirsty. We were going to worship. We are going to be wonderful. It's going to be just amazing and nothing like that. And this little girl, while she was rubbing her hands on, her, on every page of mine, through the interpreter, she asked us a question. She said, is heaven for me too? Don't go away. No, 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 don't, 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 don't go away. I have the bread of life for you. Right there, we knelt down. She asked Jesus to come into our heart. She got into our orphanage. And, 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 and just, just God changed her life. And in that trip, I, got, I had the opportunity, Pastor Finney, to go. They, they took me as a, my story as a street kid. Because you see, most of these street children were now living in, in, in sewer pipes because it was warmer at night. 
So they took me, so they took me, they said, Brother Robert, with your story, we want to take you to a place. Uh, and I said, where? And they took me to this place where all these kids were living in these sewer pipes. Uh, and, 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 and they said, Brother Robert, why don't you sing? I said, what? I said, it's dark. There's nobody here. What do you want me to sing? He said, just sing to the darkness. And I began to sing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that served a wretch like me. But now I'm found was blind, but now I see. And while I was singing, out of the source comes all of these young people and the kids were coming out of the sewer and there was all of a sudden bright lights because the TV station had found out that some guy from America and originally from India as a street boy, he is out here singing to the darkness and out of the darkness comes these lives and they come out and that day I told my story to the kids about how God had taken a little boy from the streets of Calcutta, India and changed his life and it can change yours. And little did we realize that the media had recorded this whole thing and they showed it and three million people heard the gospel. It's time for us to sing to the darkness. Ladies and gentlemen, He gave us a commission. He gave us a mandate. He said, go, go, go preach. And to all the world. And I really, really, Pastor Michael, I, 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 I really thought about that. Because when he gave the commission to those people, it took months to get anywhere. They walked everywhere. I thought, what was he really meaning? Then I found out when he said, the world, the world is made up of systems. What are the system? The education system. The science, financial, armed force, politics. Those are the systems, those are the worlds that we as Christians need to get Involved to change the graphics of this great nation. It's time for us to go into this world. The world is made up of systems, and we are it's time for us to take over. That's why I love I I I heard this and I want to repeat it to you. I love I love. I love God. He has, he has just amazing names. 
A God is called the rock of ages so geologists can understand him. He's called the bread of life so bakers can understand him. He's called the light of the world so electricians can understand him. He's called the water of life so that plumbers can understand him. He's called the truth so politicians can understand him. I love that. I love, have you ever thought, why is God called all these names? Because if you're a plumber, you have a mission. If you're a baker, you have a mission. You're an electrician, you have a mission. You're in education, you have a mission. You're in politics, you have a mission. If you're in the armed force, you have a mission. That's why God said, go into all the world. The world is made up of systems. But we have shirked our responsibility. What time do you close, sir? I'm getting hungry. <laughs> We're going out to eat, right? I take care of business, man. I'm an Indian, right? Indians, man, we, we, you know, that's why Indians, Indians can never be slaves. I'll tell you why. If a white man comes to an Indian and says, go pick the cotton, you know what the Indian will tell him? You pick the cotton, I'll make the t-shirt and sell it. That's how we think. Thank you, buddy. Because, see, God gave Indians mind poor. That, that's why, you know, I, I, I feel sorry for us because we're still waiting for Columbus to show up. He mistook the American Indians because people ask me, what kind of an Indian are you? I am the, I am the push kind, not the pull kind. We're the dotted ones. So you got to push to get us started. I was, I'm being really honest with our Indian people over there. Man, I love it. The brown people here. Otherwise, most of the churches I go to, it's white out. So thank you for being, thank you, Pastor Finney, for bringing the people. I feel right at home. Yes. You know, the Indian, we, 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 we just, most of them over there you'll see are very intelligent. I'm not. I'm not. I'm being honest with you. I didn't have the upbringing. When I went to school, my teachers, you know in India how they do this, they, they're not politically correct. They would tell me, you will never make it. I was like, thank you. Thank you for being so encouraging to me. Now when I go back to India, I don't understand this, Pastor Finney, why they do this. They pinch your cheek. I don't understand that. I'm like, get your hands off of me. I'll knock you out. And they pinch your cheek. My old teachers, they, now they tell me, we always knew you would make it. And I'm think, thinking, you lying dogs. You, now you're trying to be nice to me. You want to make it to heaven. Right? Right? 
my Indian people? Yes. It's amazing. If you ask them how to survive, they'll show you. They'll teach you. Have you noticed? That's why I challenge all of our Indian folks. Listen, the church that you come to, please, please, please invite these kids that come from single-family homes. Invite them to the house. Feed them the idli, dosas, the varas, and everything. But they do not know what, is, what it is like to have family. God brought us here for a reason. Because today the family is being destroyed. And so these kids that come to our churches are single and, and, and from single family homes. And they do not really know what a family is. So I tell them. My Indian people, listen, they do not know what a mom and dad is really like. Invite them. Even if they don't like the curry, feed them. They'll get used to it. Then they'll have diarrhea. <laughs> then they'll want to come back and say, how do I fix it? Give them more curry. And that's who we are. I'm an evangelist. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to mess you guys up. <laughs> yes. I have been parts of India. The food is so hot. I thought I was going to burn up. I used to have really long hair. I used to sweat like crazy. I used to tell them, don't. I got to preach and sing. They don't want me throwing up. I love going back to India. I was, I was, I got to tell you this story to my, so, okay, pastor, tell my Indian people. I was, I was going to Madras. It was really funny. I wasn't even paying attention because I was tired. I was on my way to Sri Lanka. And the, the airport was so confusing. So I go to the, to the information center and I'm just talking to this lady. I go, do, do you know where, where do I go? And, 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 um, and, you know, where's my gate? And where do, how do I get there? You know, this is so confusing. And the lady just keeps staring at me. And I was like, does she not understand the words are coming out of my mouth? She looked at me and she said, why are you talking like an American? <laughs> I just bust out laughing. I said... Oh, you want to know why? I go, she goes, yes. Why are you talking like an American? So I showed her my passport. She goes, oh, you're American. I said, yeah, I'm not white and blonde. <laughs> so it, it's, it's just, I love it. I love it because, because I have the opportunity of talking to them about Jesus. With this, I want to close. It's 11.25. Man, it's early. It's actually in Houston. It's 10.25. We're just about to start. So I'm getting going now. I was in Russia. Go figure it out. <laughs> Indian boy in Russia. We were, we were in the Red Square. And in the corner of my eyes, I could see Stalin's grave is right there. I was like, eat your heart out. 
Because he told us, he said, you know, this, this Bible will be in a museum. This red book will be all over the world. And I'm like, I hope wherever you are, I hope it's not too hot. You know. And we were giving out this book of life to the people. And they were not even being nice. Just grabbing it out of our hands. I was like, good night, man. We'll give you a book. You don't have to be this because they were so desperate for the book. And so I stepped aside because I wasn't that tall. All my other white brothers were they were taller than me. And I said, you guys figure it out, man. I'm going to step aside. And, and I began to watch this whole episode going on. And, and, I, and after a little while, I saw this old man. He was old, crippled, bent over. His pants way up on his chest, okay? And he was just holding on to his pants, and he was making his way towards us, shuffling. And me, in my crazy mind, I'm going like, all right, Pops, come on, you can make it. And he is just making his way towards us. And so I'm standing there looking at this whole thing, you know, going like, come on, you can make it, Pops, you can make it. And he comes up there. By the time he shuffles his way to, the, to us, all the books are gone. And he says, you have to give me a book. We said, so I looked around and there wasn't one. So I said, sir, we don't have any more books. He goes, you don't seem to understand. I have to have a book. I said, I understand. You want a book. We'll get you a book. Uh, he said, where do you live? He said, I don't have a house. I just live wherever. He, he said, oh, listen, you don't seem to understand something, young man, through the interpreter. I said, then tell me, explain to me what, what is going on. He said, listen, listen, listen. He said, you know, I've been a Christian all my life, uh, and I've been telling them about it. Jesus, uh, he's going to come back. He's going to take us to heaven. They put me in prison. They beat me. They look at my hands, and it's all normal and beaten up and everything. They have starved me. They said I was crazy. And I told them, I said, there is a people that is going to come across from the other side and they're going to prove to you that I am right, that this Jesus is alive and well and he is going to come back and he is going to rule and reign forever and ever and ever. And here you are. I was broken hearted. And he looked at me and he said, can I have one of those boxes? I said, sir, it's an empty box. He said, yeah, I know. So I picked a little one up and I gave it to him. He held on to his box. He said, I will hold on to this box till you send me my book. Don't go away. Don't go away. Don't, don't, no, don't, don't, don't go away. Don't go away. I have the bread of life for you. I, earlier on, I said I'm an evangelist. I have to give an altar call. Because I can't. It's, it's, it's in me. 
I want you to show, I want to show you, my Jesus. Some of you feel like, you know, Brother Robert, I have drifted away. And, you know, when I was younger, man, I was really gung-ho about Jesus. Now I'm old and things like that. And I don't think Jesus will ever use us. Oh, no, 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 sir. No, ma'am. Oh, he is ready to use you right now if you would just, if you would just dedicate it all to him. How do I know that? Because you see, there is a, there's an amazing guy who used to have a foot and mouth disease he was called Peter. Peter, when, 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 when he told Jesus, I will never deny you. And, and, and Jesus said, Peter, I'm sorry, but it's gonna, the rooster's going to crow three times. And you're going to deny me. And he said, no, I won't. And guess what he does? He denies Jesus. He, what he does, he, he, he excommunicates himself from the, from the flock, from the twelve. He runs away. He says, I'm not good enough. And I'm gone. Jesus meets up with them. And Jesus does something. And you think uh, you cannot be used of God anymore because you have denied him. You were a great, you were a great Christian one time and now you walked away and you don't think uh, God can use you. But listen, Jesus does something, Pastor Hans. Uh, he's, uh, when he's feeding them uh, and he says, we've got the guys catch. And he goes uh, and he says, Peter, do you love me? Oh, he does it three times. What Jesus is doing, he's bringing him back into the fold. He said, Peter, no, 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 Peter. I know you denied me, but come on back. Come on back, Peter. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're that person, he's calling you. Come on back. You excommunicated yourself. Out of the flock. Now he's reinstating you. And he says, come on back. Would you bow your heads? And close your eyes. I don't mean to embarrass you. But if you're the one. And saying, Brother Robert. Will he, would he re reinstate me? Would he accept me? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to pray with you. If you're the one, would you raise your hand? Is there anyone? Thank you. Is there anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He wants to use you. Because if he can use a boy from the streets of Calcutta, what's your problem? But Brother Robert, I was so bad. It's okay. Peter denied Jesus. Can we stand to our feet? All the ones that raised their hands. Would you be bold enough to come up here? Come. I have to do this. Because it's my, it's, it's, it's my, 
my goal, my desire, my, my everything. I want to do it all for Jesus. Is there anybody else, whoever raised their hands, come on up. Come up, Pastor. Is there a prayer team? Come up here, please. I'm going to pray for you guys. Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing them back to the fold. Thank you for touching them. Thank you for reinstating them. Thank you for letting them know that they are willing to be used again. Their past is the past. I thank you for this life. I thank you for this young man, these ladies, this lady and these young men kneeling here at the altar. God, I pray that you would give them a boldness like never before. That you would absolutely change their life. If you can change this boy by the name of Robert Solomon, you can change their life and be used for the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for speaking to their hearts and to their, to their lives. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for testimony after testimony. Lord, and even, even over the ages. Lord, that you reached and touched an entire family off the streets of Calcutta. Lord, we thank you for the power to transform lives. We thank you for what you've done in our lives. And folks, as we're standing, and maybe some of you kneeling this morning, Think about those who you know who need Jesus. I, all through today's message from Robert, I kept thinking, we really need to tell others about Jesus. We were given that great commission, and we need, at least to, we, we need to at least invite them to come here to hear such a message. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would, that you would put that on our heart in a very heavy way. Because of the days that we live in, Lord, that we that we would be much more, Lord, much more deliberate in telling others about you. Being carefully bold, not afraid, but, but being careful at the same time. Allowing your Holy Spirit to lead us in, in what to say and, and to whom to speak. Lord, I thank you for what we have received here this morning. Lord, I pray that it be an encouragement, a real encouragement. Because we have a life-changing truth in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Lord, use us, Lord. Use us for your purpose, Lord. Use us for your glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you go ahead and be seated? I want to do one more thing, or actually a couple things before we leave this morning. First of all, thank you again, Robert, for coming this weekend to be with us today. I also want to say thank you to Pastor Finney for bringing your congregation in from Calvary Indian Christian Church. You meet on the other side of that wall. We hear your worship sometimes. And you hear ours, don't you? <laughs> we have a little bit of space there, but we still do. <clears throat> and, you know, pray for them, too for Indian people in Delaware in the tri-state area that need Jesus because they, they are just a great, they've got a great pastor and great leadership and they have a great church. And so we're so glad you came to be with us today. 
Um, I want to do one thing now before we leave, and then I'll pray a benediction. And that is to, and I don't know that I've ever done it here, um, a free will offering for Robert. Normally, we just give guest speakers an honorarium. But I'd like for you to respond to what he shared today. And, and if the ushers would get ready, I know that they didn't have any advance notice. It just, I, I just a free will offering, whatever you'd like to do to bless Robert today in this offering. And this will be a separate offering. Remember, remember deacons, if you would, just keep this separate so we can uh, send it to Robert later. But let's pray for this offering. And, and just again, if you would, just bless him today. Father, we thank you, Lord, again, for sending Robert to us. We thank you, Lord, for this long-standing friendship, Lord, not just between he and I, but also with our church, Lord. Father, I pray your blessing upon him. And, and Lord, bless his wife as well as she's home today. God, we just thank you for this ministry. We thank you for all, however, all the ways you've used Robert over the years all around the world. And I pray, Lord, that you'd bless each of us as we give to this, to this offering right now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.